It's really lovely to be here. Um, I've got a question to get started, just to wake up our brains, give yourself a shake if you've been feeling like you've been sick, well you did just stand up and worship. Um, so I'm not very good at sitting still for a long time, just share that with you. So I've got a question, one word, you can just keep it to yourself, you can tell someone if you want, what brought you here this morning? Have a little think. Next question, one word, what got you out of bed last Wednesday. Did you get out of bed last Wednesday? <laughs> what will get you out of bed next Wednesday? Well, just have a little think about that um, while I tell you a quick story. Um, a vicar at this time of year was invited into school to do assembly, went into school, a sea of children in front of him, and he said, I just want to start by asking you a question. See if you can guess, who am I? I've got pointy ears, a big fluffy tail, and I love nuts. No answer. He tries again. I've got pointy ears, big fluffy tail, and I love nuts. Nothing. No one. Once more, he says, I've got pointy ears big fluffy tail and I love nuts. Come on, guys. And this child very quietly in the front row puts his hand up and says, I think the answer's Jesus, but you don't have sound like a squirrel. <laughs> I'm rubbish at telling jokes and I just got you to laugh. Yay. Um, is the answer always Jesus? Are you here this morning because of Jesus? Did you get out of bed last Wednesday because of Jesus? If you don't know Jesus in your life, is there someone that could introduce you to Jesus? We've just heard this um, reading from, thank you, from Susie, and I'm going to be unpacking that this morning and bringing in a little bit of salt and light as well. Thank you, Wendy. My name's Kate, so I'm part of the community here at Christchurch. At the moment, I serve Christchurch by being on the ECC. I also do transport on a Sunday morning. Lovely Kim and Marjorie are not here with us this morning. They're in Western. But um, the thing that I have probably done the longest is be a coach, an early intervention coach. And if my answer this morning wasn't Jesus, it would be early intervention. And I'll tell you all about that. I was a primary school teacher for eight years. Um, then I moved to working for the local church in Christchurch for... Ooh, no, I was a primary school teacher for 10 years, eight years here, and during that time found TLG and just fell passionately in love with this programme and have seen it in action on the ground here in Clevedon when a job came up to work for TLG as a regional leader across the southwest, supporting churches of all shapes and sizes. Um, I was fortunate enough to get that job. I remember being with Angie the day that I got that phone call. Went a little bit bananas. And then I've now stepped into a new role away from that regional lead to uh, be programme lead for early intervention. So I love the way that God takes us step by step. He kind of, he builds us up, he supports us in um, what we do. And yeah, I'm, I love what I do. Um, so I am here to share with you this heart that TLG as an organisation has for transformation and seeing change in young people's lives. So we're going to look at some of the challenges that are faced today 
by struggling children and families. And we're going to reflect on God's heart. We're going to join in with God's heart for that. And then I'm going to invite you to consider some of the ways that you might like to join in, of which there are many. So bear with, we're going to go on a whistle-stop tour, and I hope that you enjoy this morning. I've got three short clips that you're going to watch, so you don't just have to listen to me the whole time. Um, I was going to pray, but Susie's already prayed, but do you know prayed, but do you know what my prayer is this morning? That the Holy Spirit would disturb us, that it would disturb, he would come and disturb our spirits, open our ears, our eyes, and our kind of our hearts to respond. So we've listened to the words of Isaiah, God's word. And when we look at the first couple of passages, it says, Comfort, oh comfort my people, says God. She's been punished enough, more than enough, and now it's over and done with. So we see here God's desire to bring comfort to those that have struggled. Literally, comfort means to just speak to the heart. In this passage, we see his desire to uh, just to comfort those, uh, particularly with hurting hearts. And we see God's heart for the people of Israel who've been in captivity, experienced destruction. But it reminds us that we are all waiting for God. And we are waiting for him to bring his justice on oppressive systems, his kingdom of justice, peace and love. And we are in that time now. God's kingdom come, his will be done. And when we look at the statistics from our own nation today, then, well, I hope that this breaks our hearts. I hope that statistics are tricky, aren't they? Sometimes it takes a while for them to land and I'm about to whiz through some So let's open our ears to hear them. This is already out of date. This slide was made six months ago. It's now 5.3 million children living in poverty. And it's increased by over half a million in the last five years. So a massive impact on families. One in three parents say they've missed a meal just in order to feed their kids. In the wake of the pandemic, the NHS are estimating that an extra 1.5 million children and young people are going to require mental health support in the next five years. And in the last academic year, there were over 418,000 exclusions from school, around 25,000 of those. 25,000 of those were in primary school. And that's children as young as five who are being told that they don't fit in a system and are being put on a path which statistically, so research has shown, statistically leads them to much more potential for unemployment, poverty, gang, county lines involvement, imprisonment, worst case scenario, suicide. It shortens lives, these statistics. And we can see the injustice on a greater scale if we can get our heads around what this means, that poor children are four times more likely to be excluded. And we only need to turn on the news or tune into the news to hear tragedies affecting young people and families, really challenging circumstances due to the cost of living crisis and many other things that are challenges in our day to day. These statistics are nationwide, but we're part of this nation. So in our own community, this is happening. And we know it breaks God's heart. 
Let's not become numb to this ourselves. It should break our heart. And then what follows in Isaiah is what we believe is God's call to the local church today. That's you and me. It says, prepare for God's arrival. Make straight the roads. Smooth a highway fit for God. Fill in the valleys and level off the hills. So I'm thinking, I did a bit of gardening yesterday. I mean, to be honest, my garden's a wreck. Just filling in anything in the garden is just like exhausting. What does it mean? Fill in the valleys, level off the hills. Well, let's go on a bit of a journey. Here we are in Bolivia. It's not quite like the road to Ken, is it? Bit different. So this is one of the most treacherous roads in Bolivia. And we're going to imagine a man called Alfredo, who is a real person. Alfredo's job is to transport timber from Zayamas, situated in the tropical lowlands of Bolivia, to the megacity of La Paz, along the youngest road. Anyone want to hazard a guess at what youngest road translates as? Death road. This journey can take up to three days, and it can be really dusty, and then when it rains, mud forms. And, of course, the truck gets stuck in the mud. Drivers have to abandon their vehicles to physically fill in the holes. And I'm having a moan about the little potholes in my garden. Fill them with stones, piles of leaves to provide traction. The truck needs to move forward. There are many sections of the road where the drivers find themselves on an extremely narrow path. Rocks jutting out one side, deep valleys down on the other. So people drive with their heads out of the window and they keep their eyes on the edge of the path to ensure that they don't fall to an almost certain death. Can you imagine this as your path in life? Feeling so overwhelmed by the potential danger and constantly consumed with worry that you're in that state of anxiety all the time. And this is the reality that I want us to be kind of invited into this morning. Maybe, if we're honest, it's a reality that some of us are living in ourselves. Let's not just make this about outside of the church community. We are part of this community. This is a reality for many today. Young people that we work with are facing exclusion, rejection, anxiety, jail, shorter life expectancy. The first thing one of the first children that I coached told me here in Clevedon is that he expected to go to prison when he's older. In Clevedon, in year five. As Alfredo reaches the last couple of kilometres of his journey, the road to La Paz is finally paved. And after three days of treacherous driving conditions, the road is smooth, straight, and the first thing he does is give thanks to God that he has survived once again. He knows that he's on the final stretch and he is safe. We talk a lot about being safe at TLG. I'm going to now, sort of in a minute, describe what those spaces look like. So for many children, their journey does feel fraught with pain and worry. But what if it doesn't have to be entirely like this? So at TLG, we have this opportunity with our incredible partner churches. Christchurch is a partner church. There's 220 at the moment over the the whole nation. And we are 
just passionate about this paving a way for broken lives, to be road builders, clear a highway of hope, preparing a way for God's light to shine, to be salt and light in our community. Picture again that last two kilometres. Here it is. After three days of terrifying driving, finally, Alfredo can feel safe, reassured, free from worry, and on a broad road to hope. So back in Isaiah, the scripture calls us to fill in the valleys, level off the hills, smooth out the ruts, clear out, of, clear out the rocks. And isn't this a reason to get out of bed in the morning? Isn't this an incredible mandate for us as followers of Jesus Christ? We want to be salt and light. If you're sitting here thinking, do you know what, Kate? I'd love to be salt and light, but I'm absolutely exhausted and I've got a whole load of stuff going on myself. Tell God. That is not his heart for us. Life is unbelievably difficult. It is so hard. We are all facing huge challenges, pretty much back to back. Crazy. I'm 50 next week. I wasn't going to bother doing anything. And then I suddenly thought, do you know what? I'm alive. This is a gift. And it is crazy. So I just sent out a quick message to a few people saying, fancy joining in, raising a glass just to toast this crazy thing called life. I'm not saying that it's an easy thing. It's crazy. We need to love one another. We need to show our community God's love that we have experienced. And if we haven't, then let's ask him to show us. Show us in the people around us. Don't just give up. God's at work. So let's have a little bit of a think about TLG, transforming lives for good. Well, we know that anything really begins with one thing, pretty much. So the TL journey journey began with this young man 20 years ago. He's called Lewis. And he was suffering under the injustice of actually the system that he was in. He was struggling to cope. He'd been excluded from school. Time and time again, he'd given up. And when Lewis started coming to the local church youth group, the guys there realised that they had to do quite a lot more. There was an opportunity to do a lot more to support Lewis, but also to support other young people like him. They had to level off the hills, the barriers that stood in his path. And so TLG was born. And there's been a careful programme building over 20 years. So these are the things that TLG do. Three things. We've got education centres. They're alternative learning provisions for those children that really are at point of exclusion. They are not managing to be in school. They've got nothing else. The local church partners with TLG and we help them to set up a school provision in a church site. We've then got two volunteer programmes. Ta-da! That's what we do. Early intervention coaching. I'm going to tell you more about that. And make lunch, which we did for a while, was an incredible thing. And at some point, I really believe that God will invite us into that again as we build team. So TLG is just an umbrella organisation with a heart and passion that we share, you know, that comes from God. It's about the local church. 
it is just about the work on the ground that local churches are doing. So, here I go to Wendy, who has been a coach for, how long have you coached, do you reckon? 2017, we partnered, yes. I think you were in the first cohort. Yes. So, 2017, Christchurch partnered with early, uh, TLG to do early intervention coaching. We trained nine people, next year another 13, next year another eight, and I think it's something like we've got over 30 people trained as coaches, and we've worked with over 55 children in our community. So it's for an hour a week, for a whole year, and it's not just the children, Wendy. No. No, we help the children in their desperate need and build up a relationship with them. But by doing that, we're helping the schools to help them as well, and we're getting alongside and, and building a relationship with their families um, to help them as well. And by doing that, you're building the relationship with the community and helping the community. We are. Wendy, thank you. I realised this morning when Liz prayed that community, community, means with unity. Like, that's the church, isn't it? Thank you, Wendy. Lucy is a school key contact. So for every um, early intervention centre like Christchurch, we have a coordinator. Emmy is our coordinator at the moment. And Lucy, you sort of wear two hats because you also do a bit of that. And the coordinator from church liaises with the school contact. So Lucy, tell us a bit about what you think is amazing about early intervention in school. Okay, and I'll be quick. Even though there's a lot of things I could say. So I have the amazing privilege of also working in a school um, so I am a coach, a volunteer coach, but I also work in St John's Primary School in Clevedon, and I work with children with social, emotional and mental health things going on or things they're struggling with, and I just, I am so lucky because I get to see the other side of not just that hour a week, but the difference it makes to those children. So I'll tell you about a little girl who had a coach for a year. And I used to work with her before. I wasn't her coach, um, but I used to do maths with her. And her self-esteem was just so low. You, she just she was like a little ball. A lot of the time, she'd just be screwed up. She'd quite often be crying. She couldn't make friends. Very difficult home life. Spent, spent a lot of time on her own and also helped to look after an adult at home who wasn't very well, so she was a young carer. And she had a coach. She loved it, this amazing gift of an hour a week and it was just about her and she could choose what she wanted to do and Kate will tell you about that and just this week I now have her in a maths group again and I was reflecting on she is like a different child she's got lots to say she's got a hand up she's joining in she's actively engaged in the learning I can tell whereas she wasn't really with me before when I was doing maths and I know that her mum also says that she just seems happier and it doesn't mean that everything's changed for her and everything at home home has changed but it's she's grown she's grown physically in how she holds herself but I know that she's grown so much on the inside as well that she's just very different so, yeah. thank you it makes a difference and we believe that is God's work that we are showing God's love. It's God's love that transforms lives, and we are the conduits of that. There are children in our community, they don't have any contact with their grandparents. You know, somebody, like, honestly, if I could choose a granny, Wendy, it would be you. And I just think, you know, it's a gift that you give your time. Jim, I'm... <laughs> 
can't even see where you are. But there you are. Jim used to leave work at, I don't know, he used to fly down the motorway at whatever time it was on a Friday afternoon just so he could coach. He'd worked all week just so he could coach a child in school. Amazing story of Jim who was like just stepped up, really felt that kind of heart thump when somebody else came from TLG a few years ago. But um, the first session that Jim had with the child that he'd been matched with, and we work really hard to match children well. We're not talking in primary school about those children that are getting other professional interventions. We're talking about those kids that need it, but they just don't get any extra time. And teachers are struggling, and these children need help. So Jim, first session, I was in there as well, and you know, wondering, how's it gonna go? Jim's an engineer, in comes this lovely little boy, says, Jim says, what do you think you'd like to do when you grow up? I'd like to be an engineer. And I just left them with this massive box of Lego. Off we go. Amazing. God is in this. There are children and young people in our community who've lost a parent in the last year. We can love these children by being a consistent adult in their lives for a year and supporting their single parent. There are children who will step into school and feel overwhelmed just because of what school is like. It's like sensory overload. We can provide a safe space for them each week. There are children who are struggling with change, maybe family breakdown, maybe they've moved into this community, maybe someone they love has moved away. And there are others who are experiencing things that are far worse and very hidden or very internal, who have no safe adult in their life to talk to. And so what begins to happen is their struggles begin to show through their behaviours, showing that distress. There are people sitting in this room who have coached, many. There are people who have trained and haven't yet managed to start coaching, but are going to. There are people who have experienced what it's like to have a grandchild coached and see the difference that it makes. Um, I thank you if this is something you've already done. And I mean, you can probably, I'm just probably oozing, I hope I'm oozing, like the invitation to join in and we'll think about what that looks like in a moment. When I re-enter my password, James said, don't let it go to sleep. Um, so I've told you a little bit about the numbers of coaches that we've had trained, but COVID really interrupted that. We moved some of the coaching online, but we've, um, we are in a period of time now where we are praying in a new team of coaches, especially for Yeomore School. We've got coaches in St. John's, coaches in St. Nick's. Um, Emily and myself have transitioned with our coaches to Clevedon's with our coach children to Clevedon School because um, they've moved there, so we just want to help them kind of settle well. And at Yeomore at the moment, we don't have a team of coaches, and we are really praying that there may be some people in the room this morning, or perhaps people that you know aren't in the room this morning, but you're sitting there thinking, do you know what? So-and-so could so do this. They would love this. It would be an absolute gift to a family. So Charles's story, um, you can see, I love the way he says almost all the time. I really love that. It's like he's on the edge or something. Um, Charles's story was filmed in his local church. Coaching, does that was because of COVID, 
quite a few of our films were made just kind of where there were still restrictions in school. All coaching happens in school, and then there's an invitation to build relationship with family as a member of the local church under the church's safeguarding with the whole family. And we have seen seven families connect into the fridge, our local, our youth group. I know that many of our coaches are still in touch with their coach families and just carry on journeying with them and um, Jim again this morning just shared that he bumped into his child that he had coached and like just how excited he was and like bright smiles and it really does make a difference building these relationships and it's all underpinned with prayer so I'm just going to move over here to draw your attention and just get you to move your necks um, so on this table is just lots of stuff from TLG and I would love you to come and just look at it please don't think if you come up Kate's just going to she's going to nail me and I'm going to like be signed up to something. It is not like that. Emmy at the moment is not with us because she's unwell, but she is coordinating early intervention and I'm chatting to Emmy a lot. And at the moment, yes, I'm going to just kind of be that point of contact in Clevedon. But... Um, there are so many different ways to get involved. You don't have to become a coach, although I'll just talk about that a little bit more in a minute. Um, on this table, lots of resources that TLG have produced for working with young people. You might just be interested in them. Emotional first aid, that training is free online for anyone. Just go to the website and sign up. It so equips you, even as a parent or grandparent, to understand what's it like for young people that are really feeling emotional distress. Brilliant stuff, that's for parents and children. Then all the sort of fun projects we do in coaching. The space is so about what the children want to do. We talk about being playful, having fun. I feel like I found my inner child by just becoming a coach because I'm a bit boring and sensible most of the time. Acceptance, really accepting them for who they are, not judging, not judging their parents. Curiosity, being curious about them and ourselves and life crazy life and finally empathy literally sitting with them in what they're feeling not trying to tell them that it'll get better at a time when they're feeling like I don't think this can get better my dad's just died you know how is that going to get better but just sitting with them in their distress maybe just because they're kind of like worried about the spelling test that they've got tomorrow. The, the scale of anxiety is, you know, is very varied. So lots of um, things that we do. Just come up and play with a squidgy ball if you want. Um, there's free magazines for everybody. Um, there's information about prayer becoming... Oh, blast. <laughs> I'm just so high-tech. Sorry, that's... There is information over there about becoming prayer partners. So for every coach, check out not being able to multitask. Just go slow. Being a prayer partner is a way that you can get involved. So every coach has a partner who prays for them. There's confidentiality around coaching, but God knows the details. And it really does. Catherine, I remember, maybe Catherine's out, but one time I was really struggling with the child I was coaching. I was in the office with Catherine and asked her to pray. And that session was so different. You know, just a reminder that praying really does make a difference. And um, under your chairs, 
can I just ask you to actually pull these out right now? You've got pens and you've got a little leaflet, so pull it out and have a look. And if you haven't got one, then someone will bring you one, so just put your hand up. Um, but sort of between you, they're probably like every other. So it looks like this. And the invitation first is to just stay in touch with TLG so that you can pray about the work. And it's this little form here, staying in touch with TLG. If you fill out that form today, you get a free copy of this book, which I would really recommend. It's the story of TLG and the story of the difference that it's making in the lives of young people through the local church. So please do fill that out and come and um, hand it to me and I'll give you a book. Um, the other way that we would like to invite you to support the work of TLG is to become a hope giver. It's self-explanatory. A couple of pounds a month, it makes a difference. If we can get people behind this movement, it's making a difference across the whole nation. I just want to say please always consider your local church first as you consider prayerfully your stewardship, your giving. God, nothing we have is ours. It's all God's. What are we doing with it? What are we doing with our finances? What are we doing with our gifts and skills? Ask God. If you feel that his invitation to you is to support the work of TLG, we massively value it. And on that note, um, love this. There's little business cards and little flyers. I know in this room there are some business people, business-type people. Pete and I, my husband and I, he's on the rugby pitch with Tom this morning, um, we bought a little pub in lockdown. And one of the first things we wanted to do was think, well, how can we use this business that we believe God has given us for community? How can we also use it financially to support something? Woohoo! TLG have got something called future builders. So we're future builders. We give every month to this initiative and it's got like, this is so dull, but tax benefits, you know, like if you actually give from a business to another one, it's, it's brilliant. You kind of are really encouraged to do it as a business. Please, please, please pray and think, is there anyone that you could give a future builder invitation to? I'm about to go up and down Hill Road and ask them all if they might like to do that. And it's our birthday, the pub birthday, in two, next week, actually. And we're going to raise money for TLG by um, doing a raffle. So that's future builders. Oh, and then last of all, it's a blank screen. Guess what I'm going to ask you to think about? Becoming a coach. So come and chat to me or to put your hand up if you're in the room and you've either coached or you've trained as a coach. Could you just wave your hand? Talk to one of these people and just bear in mind that in your community there's about 20 more people that you could chat to too who aren't here this morning. Becoming an early intervention coach. It, TLG trains you thoroughly. We journey with you. We support you. We resource you. You are not going to be alone. You're not going to be put with a child that you think... Oh my goodness, that's just going to be so difficult. We, we are learning and we are wanting to make sure that you are with the child God has got for you. I've got a coach in Bristol. She's 86 and she's about to start coaching again. And so that's pretty much it for me. I'm just going to play you a very last clip to finish.
We're aware that children in our local community struggle for so many different reasons. We thought this is something that would make such a huge difference. By going in and encouraging kids, spending time with them on a one-to-one. Just the opportunity to see our church do fruitful, active work. It's a massive part of our church. It's a massive part of our ministry. Show the love of Jesus to, to people in a really practical way. That child has one hour a week where all the attention is on them. You get to walk with them, journey with them. You see just massive change in that one year. It really is incredible how much these young people change. I like the quality time that you're able to spend with the child. You get to play fun games, you get to make interesting things, you get to have a laugh. And when I came out of that session, boy was I filled with joy. And when the kids just come running in to see you with big smiles on their faces. Building a trusting relationship with the child. Helping a child who's struggling. It is just listening to them. Share with you perhaps things that they don't share with other adults. God is so much in this. We can either um, just look on and be bystanders or we can actually take part in trying to change lives for good. Could I do it? Could I do it? The answer is yes, you can. Give it a go. I mean, an hour a week to you probably doesn't mean that much, but to the child you could be coaching, that could change their life. It's just a wonderful hour a week, and I would just say go for it. Why didn't I know about TLG earlier? Simply go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Right now, who's what? You've helped me with, I always feel like I want to be like the Tommy to help other children, oh. so I know what I've been through.